I wanted to give y'all a soft warning that in today's episode, we do talk about suicide. The passing of Jason David Frank and Stephen Twitch Boss had a huge impact on many of us. If you are struggling with your mental health, please know you are not alone and that there is help for you. Call 988 for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. I will leave more resources in the description below. You are enough. You are more than enough. It's incredible how enough you are. Hey everybody, welcome to the Why the F Not podcast. This is episode 82. Welcome, welcome. Today my guest is another friend from Rockwell, Lana McKissack. Lana, just like Natalie, was one of the great performers of Rockwell back when it was at its heyday. Uh, I'm really excited to have her on the podcast. Uh, We only had her for not the two, three hour long podcast. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Uh, But sit back uh, and enjoy uh, the Why the F Not podcast with Lana McKissack. There. Dope. All right. Okay, so we're just going to jump into it. So, I mean, we're recording now, but just so you know, the Why the F Not podcast, we'll just talk about anything and everything. Uh, my curiosity leads me uh, when it comes to just wanting to know more about your journey, you know, who you are, what uh, what what got you going and what what was it that made you go, why not? Why not do that? And what was that thing, you know? But Lana, let's just start off with, hey, it's good to see you. And how you feeling? How you doing? Good to see you. Hey, Steven. I am feeling great. I'm excited about the holidays. I'm uh, yeah, feeling very, very Christmassy right now, I must say. you feeling Christmassy? You just like I don't, the memory of you ever see that old. Uh, what was it? What's uh, what's her face um, in um, Wizard of Oz? She played um, she played uh, Dorothy. What was her name? I'm the worst. Judy Garland. Judy Garland. You ever see? No, it wasn't Judy. It was Judy's daughter. Uh, Eliza. Uh, Eliza, you ever see her do I feel so Christmassy? Ding a ling, ding a ling, ding a ling, ding a ling. I don't know that I have. It sounds vaguely familiar. You're gonna, if you do, like if you're ever feeling down this holiday season for any reason, you're like, ah, oh, the lines at the store, or ah, oh, I can't get tickets for Taylor Swift's concert. Google, I feel Christmassy. It's like it's it's very old school, and it's like it's Eliza, I believe, with some man dressed up as her grandmother, and it's literally just like, oh, grandmother, I feel so Christmassy. Ding a ling, ding a ling, ding a ling, and then the the, old, the man in the dress just goes, bless you, and they just keep dancing along. And I, every time someone says, I feel Christmassy, I'm like, oh, do you now? Yeah, I need to look that up. Yeah, I don't. Ah. It sounds sort of familiar, but now I feel like I'm thinking of June is busting out all over. That's what I'm picturing. Another classic. Another yeah. classic. All yeah. right. So, Lana, <laughs> I'm glad you're doing well. I'm so glad you're here. So, like I was saying, this show is really about people doing, you know, whatever they want, because why not? As long as you're not hurting anybody, of course, or yourself. Uh, and you yourself, I've met you, I met you back in Rockwell. You're a singer, you're an actor, you're a, you're a voiceover. There's so many labels, I feel like, that so many hats you've put on over the years. But if I may ask, starting in one spot, is there a moment in your life, even, you know, the earliest memory you can think of, when you just thought, why not? What was that for you? 
Um, uh, you mean regarding performance? It, it could be anything like the moment because, you know, why not? Yeah. Go for a performance, you know, become a, an actor or a singer, anything like when was that first time for you? I don't think I ever was born thinking otherwise for whatever reason. Um, because I was born and raised here in LA and I, I just remember, I don't even know if it was my choice at that point. Probably not. Cause I was so little, but like I started, I did my first commercial when I was two and then was a child actor. And I think, um, I don't know. It was just part of my normal life. I just, it's what I did. Um, but I have always loved it. I've always loved, like I would, you know, I think a lot of kids did this, but I would put on little shows, in my living room for my family and anyone else who was fortunate enough to be subjected to that. <laughs> um, and uh, I was always singing and dancing. And um, I think I just was like, oh, this is fun. And then I kind of just started doing it right away. Um so, yeah, I guess I've always thought, why not? What was that first commercial you did? It was for like a toy store. It was like, yeah, I don't, I don't even remember. Um, some, I think it was like, yeah, that's what my mom said. It was like a toy store commercial. But then I did a lot more commercials as a child. Um, yeah. I've never seen it. I don't know if I was any good in it. I was probably like, wah. <laughs> I don't know. What do two-year-olds do? They wah, right? Great job, Lana. From the top, please. Can you just give us another wah with feeling this time? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> wah! <laughs> dig it. Dig it. And I, and I freaked out when I realized that you were the little girl in four rooms. Yes. Speaking of back yes. there, I freaked out when I was like, wait. Lana from from Rockwell. Wait, from from uh, what was the first thing I saw you in? The first thing I saw you in Prada. was Prada. Yeah, I was like, "That's her." Flipped out, dude. Flipped <laughs> out. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, that's why she's my favorite actor at Rockwell." Got it. <gasps> Got it. Um. Yeah, that was that was a definitely a highlight of my childhood. I loved it. You got a it's drink hot. as a child. Well, you're portraying like you're drinking. Yeah, chugging. I think it was Martinelli's. I think that's what was actually in there. Oh, nice. Which I still enjoy. Martinelli's is delicious. I had some the other day. I, that's the go-to drink, I think, for me, for celebrating. Like, alcohol's fun, but I, I feel bloated, you know? I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I don't want to deal with the aftermath of the alcohol, so just give me Martinelli's. I mean, I'm definitely going to go for the champagne first, but <laughs> I was at a... I was, I was at, like, a holiday party, and I hadn't eaten and there wasn't any food and i was like if i continue to drink alcohol i'm gonna die here <laughs> so i switched to martinelli's and then food came and i went back to the alcohol ah fair so enough always take happy. care of yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh rad so i mean so then if you were just into you if you were thrown into the world of entertainment just at, at such a young age of two then if that was your norm was there ever a point growing up where you were like, I want to try something else that may have seemed dangerous or maybe like people around you were like, oh, are you sure? You know, why you want to do it? Was there ever anything like that for you? 
No, I've always wanted to be a performer. That's all I ever wanted to do. There was a brief period of time where I wanted to be a Foley artist because I would go on the Universal Studios tour and there was like, at that time, there was a, a special part where you would, it was like a show, it was like a Foley show and they'd show you how they made footsteps and all the different creative ways they would make certain sounds. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Um, I still kind of want to do it. I think it's fascinating, but um, yeah, that besides that, no, I never, I don't know. I just always loved this, all the aspects of, of performing. Um, yeah. What a fun, <laughs> what, a, but... what a fun specific niche to be so uh, intrigued by when it comes to the entertainment industry. Cause like no one really thinks of the Foley artists who are artists through and through. Oh my God. They, they're so creative. It's outrageous. When you look at some of the things they use to make sounds that you're like, Oh, well that seems so easy. But then when they do the actual sound, it doesn't sound right. So they have to find something that sounds like what it is more than what it is. Sounds like itself. <laughs> that makes sense. It's, it's amazing. Like they'll have dress shoes and they'll be like, all right, we're walking on pavement. Well, we got to get something that feels more like stone or more like gravel, more like grass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're incredible. I have such respect for Foley artists. And I also think it's a fun job because you, I mean, I'm sure there are days when it just gets like boring. Okay, we know how to do this. We've done it a million times. But I think coming up with the new stuff must be just so exciting. Oh, I bet. You, there, you know, uh, you know, Blue's Clues, the, you know, the show Blue's Clues with Steve, good old Steve. Um, I saw an interview with him talking about that during when he was in the show, he tried to bring in this genuine sense of of discovery in whatever he was doing, whether if it was discovering a graham cracker for the first time, you know, because like the viewers are doing that. I wonder, like, I feel like as artists, I feel like that's the kind of approach, no matter what kind of art you're doing, right? It's good to go yeah. in with that sense of of innocent discovery and curiosity. Totally. Yeah, it's a great way to look at life in general for sure yeah oh man so lana what's been going on since rockwell like rockwell's it's been years since rockwell has shut its doors uh, over in los angeles but i saw you were doing a a haunted show you just did a haunted show i mean you're doing a bunch of stuff i'm just speaking mostly about the stuff you're doing live on stage what was that haunted show you just did like the the halloween show yeah it was called horror camp that was um a live show that was done at the Bourbon Room. We did it last year as well. So this was the second year, but it was a whole new script and a mostly new cast, um, mainly because of scheduling conflicts. But um, the new cast is amazing. And it was, as was the old. Uh, <laughs> and it was just so much fun. It's, it's um, a musical parody of horror movies. So you have last year we had like actual horror movie characters, but this year it's like its own thing. It's um these, these two killers who always go to Camp Hackettabits <laughs> and it's like their Christmas is murdering all these campers and the counselors are in on it. And it's just a tradition. And the parents of these kids willingly send their children off to be slaughtered every year. Um, and it, you know, it's just this ridiculous world that we all love in <laughs> horror movies, but mixed with your favorite, like 
rock anthem rock songs and amazing dancers um and uh yeah it was it was so fun nathan and chad nathan moore Mm -hmm. chad mcmillan um co-wrote and co-directed it and uh yeah awesome yeah it was so fun it was just uh, what a what a fun experience i can't wait to do it again next year fingers crossed and it's it seems like a family like nathan you know your husband but like like you have Chad there and y'all have been working together. Well, you and Nathan are married. But I mean, like, Chad, did you meet Chad for the first time in Rockwell? Was that the first time yeah. you met? Yeah, Chad was brought in as our costume designer for Troop Beverly Hills, which was the second show I had done, the first being Devil Wars Prada. Um, and he just created these insane costumes. He's so talented. And over the years, he started doing so many other things, um, stage managing, just a, like everything in the production space. He was like, he'd run lights sometimes, he'd do sound, he would design a lot of those elements as well, um, and uh, continued to do costumes. So he was kind of like wearing 500 different hats at any different given moment. So depending on the show, you know, he'd have to fill in for this or that. And um, eventually you know, he started uh, directing more things and writing more things. And he actually did the first iteration of Horror Camp at Rockwell. But at that time, it was more of a musical review. Like Matheny, um, if you remember, he, I don't know if you saw it, but he sang Creep. And Mm. who was he? Was he like Jason Voorhees, maybe? Can't remember. He sang the whole thing. In this costume, and I mean, he has the most incredible voice, so obviously that was amazing. But then you're just looking at him dressed as a movie <laughs> murderer, and it's just very funny. And um, yeah, but then it morphed into an actual show with a plot, and um, you know, turned into this other amazing thing. Uh, but yeah, Chad, we met there, and we've just continued. He he's you know basically like a, a part of our marriage. I'd say we see him all the time. <laughs> Is best. <laughs> Chad's a lovely person. Uh, he, amongst all those roles he plays, uh, when it comes to uh, you know professional, he's also the person who introduced me to cannabis back in the day at Rockwell. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Yeah. He'd just be like, hey, just take the pen. Just take the pen. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll take the pen. I'll go to my post. I'll go watch the show now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure he'll be very proud to know that. He's, he's still quite a fan of of the cannabis for you chad that thank you thank you for introducing me to that because before that i was like no it's not for me man and no nah, i no nah, man dope is for dopes i don't do that and then life changes <laughs> yeah it's funny that you had like a whole accent and everything back then like uh i don't do that and <laughs> your your whole manner of speaking that's what happens when you're straight edge you just become a little bit more hot edge you know you're like i don't do that okay dope is for dopes you know i was i was a dare kid back in the day d-a-r-e what it stand for i don't know what did it stand for i don't remember but it said dare to dare to say no to drugs it's got to be like drug and alcohol i, I just um, thought drugs are really exciting <laughs> That seems to be promoting the wrong message. Drugs, drugs and alcohol. Resistance education. Resistance education. I don't know. 
So they're like, <laughs> don't I'm just like. resist it. Like you can have a little okay. bit, but just and now I have to look it up. I'm dying to know. Let's see. Dare. It's dare. It means drug abuse resistance education. You were on the money there. So close. I said drug and alcohol, but okay. So alcohol is fine for the dare people. No. Yeah. Unless drugs. That's true. They never talked about alcohol. It was all drugs. Because I think with alcohol, their whole point was moderation's okay. But then with drugs, it was like, don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't think about it. Dare. Now, and I'm all, and I'm also hearing in podcasts like there's this doctor guy t- on a podcast talking about like, oh yeah, co- clean cocaine's fine for you, and heroin, ah, oh. oh, heroin's fine. Kicking oh, heroin's like a flu. Just like a quote unquote doctor. He's a legitimate doctor. Hold up, no, he he was on Joe Rogan's podcast talking about mushrooms and psychedelics and stuff, and this guy's a hmm? psychedelics are being studied medically for all kinds of conditions but cocaine i don't know that seems just like bad advice i mean cocaine used to be in coca-cola they were like eh, go for yeah, it yeah it's not anymore because it's a terrible idea sugar is way better for you than than cocaine That's <laughs> just as bad i'm not God, saying we should all go do cocaine and heroin i'm just saying if you do heroin getting off of it is like a flu that's what i hear not i don't know i don't touch that again dope is for dopes okay dope is for d-a-r-e Dope is for dopes. D-A-R-E. Dare to be different. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Well, dang. Uh, personally, like, I feel like I had so many things I wanted to talk to you about and ask you questions about my curiosity, but I got so thrown off. Like, it's been a gnarly month and a half. Not like, and trigger warning for anyone, because I'm about to bring up something a little heavy, but just with Twitch's passing, with, you know, he took his own life. And then we had JDF just recently, uh, Jason David Frank, you know, Tommy Oliver from the Power Rangers. And then did you hear about the uh, about the guy who threw himself off the Disneyland parking lot? Oh, when was that? That was within this last month. Oh, no. it, yeah, it, and, and it's all men. It's all men. And I don't know, man, like, Oh, I just, all, all I'm going to say is that, guys, we need to talk about our stuff. We got to talk about it. You know, like, I hope I hope Nathan has his sources to talk to, you know, and all that good stuff. Because, man, shit's wild out there right now. Oh. Yeah, it's definitely a tough time. And I recommend therapy to everyone. I'm in therapy. Uh, it has been very beneficial to me. And uh, if not a therapist, definitely find someone to talk to because... I think a lot of us are told to suck it up and or even if we're not told we just kind of somehow feel that that's the right path like there are people suffering through much worse which is often true but it's all relative and your struggles are valid and you should always have someone to talk to about them because uh you don't talk about something for long enough it builds up and um yeah there there's help out there and i think we should all be striving to to be open about our struggles because we all have them yeah and validate each other's struggles i feel like whenever you tell someone something that you know you're going through something and they're like ah no 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 put it away like i don't you don't gotta you don't gotta feel like that i feel like that's just them rejecting what you're expressing because it's making them uncomfortable so you gotta be aware of who you're talking to you can't always share everything with anyone 
Yeah. No, definitely not. You need to find your people or find, you know, a professional if if that's what's right for you. Um, definitely don't just go up, go around opening up to anyone because yeah, you do. You don't know anyone's motives or their life or how no. they're going to react. Not but at hopefully all. everyone has someone in their life they can trust with that kind of information. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for what you would call it for. Um... For entertaining me and just opening up that conversation i just had a, i felt like for me it was like the elephant in the room for me i was like i just got to talk about this for a second i just got to let it out i just wanted I, I was before this i was like all right should i warn lana that i may cry no just if you cry cry don't worry about it don't say anything crying is natural and beautiful i do it all the time <laughs> yes it is yes it is it's but like for men though it's hard like for like your men are always told, you know, man up, you know, whatever that shit means. Right. Yeah. I hate that. And I hope that tides are changing because that's just, it helps no one for men to think that they have to hold that in. And then the repercussions of that can be really terrible when you feel like you don't have an outlet and you're not allowed to be who you are lead to some very destructive behavior yeah that's what we need love because you have you speaking of love have you seen the latest jim bean commercial from spain i think oh oh my god lana this commercial took me by surprise so let me just paint you this picture ready Jim Bean yeah. commercial, it opens up like a really dramatic, you know, dramatic Budweiser commercial that you'd see on the Super Bowl, right? Opens up with a grandfather, an older man, you know, with his wife in their home. And he's sneaking off to the bathroom when he sees his wife's lipstick hanging out from her purse. He takes it, takes it to the bathroom. And you see him practicing, putting it on him. And you're just wondering, like, what's going on? You know, is this, is this man just trying to express himself? And you continue watching and you see him uh, looking at magazines trying on different products, looking at like uh, ads on the bus stop and just like looking at like the eyeshadow on the model of the advertisement. And he's hiding it all. He's hiding it all. And you're just wondering what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. And then here comes the holiday season, right? His family shows up and uh, you see that, you know, you see uh, an, an older couple like younger than than the than this older man, this elderly man. So like maybe uh, maybe his kids and they have kids who are around 20 years old, right? And you see them all coming up and you see on the screen the name of one of the people. So it says like Alvaro, 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 I forgot. I had a weird accent on it, but it said Alvaro, 26. And then they go have dinner and then the grandfather takes Alvaro to the bathroom, locks the door and starts putting makeup on Alvaro because he notices that Alvaro is, you know, male but that Alvaro is actually trying to express himself as her. And, and, and he, the, the grandfather, was learning all these things about makeup so that he can help Alvaro get his makeup oh, on. Oh, that makes me cry. That's so sweet. They walk out of the bathroom and she's reintroduced as Anna. Oh. And I'm looking at Stephanie. I'm like, isn't this beautiful? She goes, this is Jim Bean? This is oh, Jim, what? That's this is Jim Bean? amazing. I'm not sure what it has to do with scotch. Is they, they, scotch? They, they like cheered at the end. And then, and then oh, the, and the, mes and the message was, 
uh, about the spirit of Christmas or the spirit of, of the holidays uh, isn't some isn't something that we have to wait for one day or something. It was all in Spanish, you know. Oh, but oh, that's beautiful. I love that. That's really cool. I gotta, I'm gonna look that up. I'm hoping. I'm hoping the more and more because it's not like people in the LGBTQ community, LGBTQIA plus community, like popped out of nowhere. Like we've had gay, lesbian, trans people all over the spectrum since the beginning of times. Okay. Yeah. Like, did you, did you know that the Spartans were actually, like, they practice homosexual, homosexual sex regularly? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of homoeroticism in ancient Greek culture as well. Like, it's, it's, it was, it was just part of life. And then at some point, people were like, well, wait, we can't call it that. And mm. then it became, you know, what it is now. Where everyone's shouting Bible verses. And you're like, wait a minute is yeah it's very upsetting it's crazy how much progress has been made and yet how much there is to go it's just like i don't know if you do you follow drew Drogi on yeah social media drew he was all he was also in uh in prada right yes yeah he was one of the two people who played um miranda Priestley. Um, he just posted a couple days ago about how he went on a date to a restaurant. I don't remember the name of the restaurant now, and I don't want to say the wrong one, but, um, he was like, I think like in the middle or at the end of their meal, they were just like giving each other little pecks as you do when you're on a date and you've had a good night. And a manager came over and told him that it was a family restaurant and that what he was doing was inappropriate. He was looking around at like all the other couples that were in the restaurant doing exactly the same thing, but those couples were heterosexual. Anyway, he posted this thing about it online and obviously, and as they should be, the, the restaurant received a lot of backlash and then they put out something that was like a not apology apology. Yeah. And then I think finally today they said, look, this person's been fired. We stand behind LGBTQ rights. We always have. And this was a mistake. But you just think it's 2022 and it's Los Angeles. And it's just kind of crazy that someone can say, you can't kiss each other because this is a family restaurant. So you're saying they, they're not, they don't constitute what is needed to make up a family. It's, uh, it's sad. And, you know, anytime someone says the word like traditional values to me now, this kind of is a red flag. Like we want to go back to traditional because that's not, you don't mean traditional in the sense of like wholesome. You mean traditional in the sense of way it's always been one man and one woman because wholesome and be a man and a man, a woman and a woman, non-binary and non-binary or a mixture of any. It's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a sad place to be, I think. But um, I'm glad that it got so much attention. It was, I saw it pop up in the news today. So I'm oh. good because when people do things like that, they should be called out and um, hopefully more change will come. Personally, I don't think that person should have been fired. I feel like a conversation could have been had and growth could have been done, you know, like, I don't know, like, like, 
like when you go to like like when people go to family dinners, right? And you have that one family member who who has those we should be more traditional, quote unquote, whatever that means, right, to them. And they start saying all these hateful things. I don't think I don't think we should kick them out of the dinner table. I feel like we should talk, you know, like I if we can and, and try to figure out like what what's the core of this hatred, this judgment you have, because it's not like the LGBTQ community is going to everyone else who's not in that community and being like, hey, you're straight. Don't be straight. Hey, you identify as that? No, identify as this. They're not doing, they're just being themselves. And uh, I don't know why those quote unquote traditional people feel so enthused to say, hey, stop it. Stop living your life. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I guess the only difference is if you're sitting around with your family, that's like, that's a great opportunity to make it a, a learning moment and, and, you know, I think especially with the older generations to say, look, I know that when you were growing up and for most of your life, this is what you were told to believe. And so you just believed it, but there's uh, perhaps the way you should be thinking, but in a situation where it's a business and it's like, this is a manager and he's representing the business. I think it makes sense to say your behavior is unacceptable and you can't work here anymore. I think that's okay. That's very um, right. Yeah. I mean, I do think a lot of things can be solved, not solved, but aided by conversation with people who you love and respect. I think if you're trying to tell somebody, trying to change someone's mind, they don't know you, or they don't love you, like they're probably not going to listen to you. But we all have relatives and even friends who have different beliefs from us. And I think when those beliefs order on hatred of any group of people, it is important to talk about it and, and, you know, as with as much love as possible, because I don't, I don't believe that anyone is born just evil or hateful. I really don't. Mm -hmm. If that's true, maybe a very, very small point zero 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 one percent of people. I think most people are taught things and, you know, uh, adapt their beliefs to their circumstances. And that can go a great way or it can go a terrible way. And I think, you know, not everything can be solved by talking, obviously. There are definitely people who, while they're not born evil, commit acts of evil, horrible atrocities, and I don't think they could be reasoned with. But I do think for the majority of people, it's not like they just grew up hating others and wanting to hurt others. It was like they were conditioned that way, and maybe they can be unconditioned. You, you ever watch Big Brother, Lana? Not once. No. Oh, no, that's not true. I watched uh, the season that Marissa Jarrett Winokur was on. No, okay, right on. Watched, like, clips from that to cheer her on. Okay, right on. Well, well, Big Brother is a beautiful, trashy TV show that Stephanie, my girlfriend, got me into. And we're watching this old season on that just popped up on Netflix, season 14 from 2012. And oh, wow. How many seasons have there been? Girl, oh, my God. First off, the one that Marissa was on, I believe that was the first year they did Celebrity Big Brother in the States. 
Oh, okay. So they've done Celebrity oh. Big Brother UK, and it, I think they've done it in Big Brother, was it Big Brother UK and Big Brother Australia? I forgot. But that was our first time having Big Brother Celebrity, Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So so I'm imagine sorry. 2012. Oh, you're good. M- imagine going back to 2012 and how open-minded we were back then. And you see not just... Okay, so if you watch Big Brother now, this season, right? A lot of representation. A lot of a lot of diversity when it comes to the cast members. Back then, though, lot a lot of lot of bros, a lot of white chads, you know, a lot of white girls. Maybe maybe a couple of black people here and there. Maybe maybe they get voted out quick. Like you're like, what's going on? Why'd you have to vote her out? Okay, okay, right. whatever. But anyways, there were, in this season, there's a uh, a cast member, uh, one of the uh, house guests who's lesbian. And then she was talking, they were all having like one of their chats, right? When they're all just hanging out and they're getting to know each other. And uh, the cast member who, who is lesbian, she starts telling them about her, you know, what her experience has been growing up and, and, and all that stuff, you know, just sharing about herself. And then this girl from Alabama, she's like, oh, I don't know how I was going to feel about that one girl who was lesbian because I, I, I just thought I, I stay away from lesbians because I think they're just going to hit on me. They're going to make me, they're make me feel different. And talking to her, I guess it had me thinking differently. And I'm hmm. like, there it is. Look at that. All those preconceived notions you had gone because. I, I do feel like if you've never met someone who's different from you, and that applies to not just sexuality, but also um, ethnicity, like any number of things. If you've not met someone who looks different from you or who has a different lifestyle from you, and you might have all kinds of preconceived notions based on what you've been told by whatever news outlet you watch or your family or whatever. And then you meet one person who is just like you, except they look different or they love someone different. And you go, oh, wait, I thought you were going to be someone entirely opposite from who you are. You're just like me. I think it really can change your entire perspective. And I I do think that's why, you know, college is such a great part of life. If you're, that's something you choose to do. Like it can really open your eyes to people you may not ever have met before in your hometown or in your friend group. You, You start to see, wow, these people might be so different from me and yet, so much alike it's it's remarkable how quickly your mind can change i think just from what i've seen but yeah that's that's the perfect example of that yeah come on y'all let's just talk to each other let's just talk to each other have a conversation because i feel like we're so uh, and okay you were you said earlier that we've come so far it's 2022 but still we have so far to go still i think the more progress we see the more we're going to be aware of how regressed we actually are. That's a great point. I think that's true. I think there are certainly things that I look at now and I, I look like even in my childhood, it was not uncommon to say, Oh, that's so gay as a, you know, just a throwaway like line. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, Oh my God, I, I can't believe we said that's so gay because the implication is that's so bad or that's so stupid or whatever you were using it for. But never say that now, but I never thought about it then because I didn't associate it in that way. I didn't mean like homosexuality is anything. It was just like a commonplace thing, but that's the thing about a lot of a lot of our behaviors is 
are unconscious and be, when they just get passed around, we don't think enough about them. Even the, the, the R word that, you know, I certainly as a child, people said it all the time, like, Oh, that's so this, or, or so that as an insult. And now I'm like, God, that's, it's so horribly offensive. And it never even occurred to me that it would be, why didn't it occur to me? You know, like you're right. The more progress we make, the more we go, Oh, I've really messed up in a big way. And thank God, you know, someone pointed it out at some point or came to the realization that that's not okay. I mean, we just have to be aware that life's about growing and changing and learning and adapting. And society is always flowing fluid as the people within that community and whatnot. But if you stay stagnant in the way you think, if you just start walking around saying, no, I am how I am and that's it. Well, you're going to be pretty miserable if you are who you are and that's it. Like you're done. You're done. That's it. Uh, You're done growing as a person. Cool. Good for you. Good. How does that feel? Are you bored? Do you have a hobby? Yeah. All right. So I don't want to keep you too long because I don't know how this next segment's gonna go. Because uh, coming, this is the uh, this is an actual official segment for the show. It's the inside the actor studio segment, uh, where I, I I have those ten questions from uh, from the show that James would ask uh, every guest. Uh, are you familiar with the show at all? With his show. Mm-hmm. Inside the Extra Studio? Yeah, I've, seen, um, I've seen many clips of it over the years. It's been a while, but yes. Well, beautiful. Well, the, the, these are going to be familiar questions for you. They're the 10 questions you would ask at the end of every every interview. And don't feel like you have to answer so quickly. Like if one question, guys, think about it, you know? How do you feel about, you know, whatever the answer is, but... Let's get it going, because again, I don't know how long this takes, and I don't want to keep you for too long. So, Lana, are you ready? I'm ready. Dope. All right, here we go, then. First question. What is your favorite word? My favorite word is... Mm, Favorite word... Uh... Hmm. Maybe, um, love. I love love. I don't know. I'm a sucker for love. I love telling my friends I love them. My husband, my family. I love talking about things I love. Love, love. (laughs) (laughs) Dig it. Dig it. That's wonderful. I think we should tell our friends we love them more. I love you, Lana. Thank you for being here with me. We need to. Heck yeah. We need to normalize that more. 100%. Next question. What is your least favorite word? My least favorite word, I'm going to spell it because I hate saying it. It makes me, I'm very uncomfortable. Oh. It's P-U-B-E. I hate it. I hate that liquid you. I don't even like it. Like my ex-boyfriend before I met Nathan was a British guy and the store Puma in England was called Puma. Ooh. No, unacceptable. Do not pronounce it like that. It's Puma. Okay. (laughs) There's something about it. I just, oh, I, yeah, can't stand it. 
All right, dig it. Thank you. Next question. <laughs> what turns you on emotionally, mentally, or spiritually? Turns me on is a challenge. I love coming across something that either I think maybe I can't do or would be really difficult and then doing it. I find such joy and satisfaction in that. So, yeah, I'm very, and even in friendships and romantic relationships, I've always been very attracted to people who challenge me with humor or with ideas. I love, I love that like flirtatious sparring that you have when you first find someone who's like a good match for you. Love it. There's nothing like that. <laughs> Dig it right on. Next question. What turns you off emotionally, spiritually, or mentally? People who are mean turn me off immediately. I, I feel like there's a tendency in modern society to be mean and to be sarcastic. And I love sarcasm. I think it can be very funny and not at the expense of another person. I do not like when people tear others down. I don't, I don't get any joy out of that. Um, I don't, I don't like mean people. I never have. If I, if somebody is mean to someone and I see it, I'm instantly like, well, that person's not going to be in my life. I just, I hate it. Right on. Thank you. Next question. What sound or noise do you love? I love laughter. Laughter is so contagious, and uh, I love I love the sound of people laughing. Blooper reels make me laugh. Just people, just pure joy, and and people aren't holding back. Those real guttural laughs are, I think, my favorite sound. Nice, right on. Next question. What sound or noise do you hate? Whistling. I cannot stand it. It pierces my brain. Oh. Ooh, I really, I don't know. It's interesting because it's not something I grew up hating, but in the last maybe 10 years or so, I'd say I can't handle it. Um, there are certain songs where if it's like mixed and mastered enough and put into the background, it's fine. But if someone's in a car next to me and they start whistling, I feel like someone's stabbing me with an ice pick. It's very visceral. I don't know why. I know some people have misophonia, like with chewing. I don't have that, but this is my version of that. It really hurts me and I don't know why. It's, it's bizarre, but it's true. <laughs> I, do, do any other kinds of tones that are similar to whistling hit you the same way, or is it only specifically whistling? Specifically whistling, and one of my favorite sounds is Mariah Carey singing whistle tones. Oh. It's different. It, that's not the, it's not the right frequency. 
It's Ooh. there's something about whistling. And I know that my dad, when I was growing up, he would hate whistling too. So I don't know if it's a genetic thing. Cause I didn't hate it until like I said, like 10 years ago, it just one day just started hurting me physically. So I don't know. I don't know. Why? Maybe it's a gene you got from your dad and it just awoke. I mean, it's, it's, it's awake. It must be because I don't know anyone else who has it. I'm sure other people do, but I've just not met anyone. And I feel sad because, you know, there are plenty of people in my life who love to whistle. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to tell them to stop. So I just sit there like twitching. <laughs> no. Or I'll, I'll try to be subtle. Like if somebody, if I'm in a car with, someone who's whistling sometimes i'll just be like putting you know like resting my ear against my hand and looking up or i'll like open the window a little bit and just pretend like oh look at these beautiful trees but really i'm like please stop this <laughs> hey hey stop whistling look at these trees real quick I'm, oh it's beautiful don't worry but just look stop shh, shh, shh. let's take in the silence it's silence is so beautiful <laughs> <laughs> All right, noted. Don't whistle next to line. No, that's what I mean. I don't want to take away anyone else's joy. It's totally a me thing, but that is what it is. So interesting. Dig it. Thank you. All right. All right. This is a good one. Next question. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. Love a good fuck. Mm. Love the word fuck. <laughs> oh, no. There it is. <laughs> If we, if we have any like uh if we have any uh captions for this i'll just put <laughs> fuck in quotations love a good the, the word fuck, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah there's just nothing like it that it's the f and the ck you can just hit them so hard it's like it, it can be joyful it can be angry it can be anything in between it's just it's a perfect word See, we don't have to use the R word. We got so many other great words. Oh, there's so many. Yeah. Only that one. But yeah, there's many more. <laughs> Dig it. All right. Next word. I mean, next word. Next question. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's your next favorite curse word? No, no, no. <laughs> Should we just rank them all? Top five. Go. Speed round. No. <laughs> next question is, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Other than Foley artist. Um, yeah, I would, I am a secret adrenaline junkie. So I think I would love to be like a stunt person. Um, I don't think I ever would because I don't have the skills, but I love that thrill. Like I love skydiving. I love driving fast. Oh, no, maybe that's it. Maybe I'd be like an F1 driver. Mm, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think with stunts, obviously, well, there's a, a risk of injury in both those things. But I think the driving, it's like if I had the skill, which I don't, but if I did and I practiced really hard just the thrill of like racing around a track i like i do like competition that's the one you'd be a race car driver professionally nice that was a journey you took me on it was 
I know. I you started like... off as Foley artist and then you just like went off and you're like, you know what? Nah, I'm going to be a race car driver. <laughs> yeah. Because I realized halfway through that I feel like stunt people get injured so frequently. Even the, the – I mean, they're all so great. But like even the best of the best still can get like severely injured. I know you can also die in a car crash. So I recognize that there's – you know, there are, are – risks to both but yeah i got excited when i thought about driving cars so that's why i changed my answer nice follow your gut i like it i like it (laughs) all right next question what profession would you not like to do would not like to do telemarketing Mm. um i in college at ucla i worked in the telefundraising building which was not telemarketing. It was calling alumni and asking for donations to the school. So you weren't selling anything, but you were like, hi, I'm Lana. I'm a student here at UCLA. I wanted to see if you would be in a position to make a contribution to give back to the school that made you. And I, you know, you'd start with the top, I think the top level at that time was like $2,500. And it was like, chancellor's circle or something it was called something like that and for 2500 a $2,500 donation you'd get like parking stuff seating for events games um you know access to the gym like all kinds of things but you'd also be making a huge difference in a lot of people's lives here's where the money would go and then if they were like, absolutely not, then you were told to go to the next one, which is $1,000. And you say, okay, great. I totally get it. $2,500 is a lot of money. But for $1,000, you can still make a huge difference. And here's what that would get you. And then they're like, no, I'm not giving you $1,000. And you'd go, I get it. I know that's so much money. But $500 would make it. And you know, you were trained to have answers to anything that people said as far as reasons for why they don't want to give you money. But it was a fun job initially. And then there came a point where I just started to feel very sad because people would start telling me, like there was a a guy I talked to who said, you know, I usually donate every year, but my wife passed away from cancer this year and we just don't have the fun. I'm just trying to figure my life out. And I just was like crying. I'm like, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, and I, you know, at the time you, you, I don't know how it is now, but you weren't allowed to just say this person said no, because, you know, it's a, there's a whole system. You had to get a manager on the phone to, uh, to confirm that the person said no. This was so that people didn't just go, no, they said no, they said no, they said no. It was like they had to confirm and then they would, if you wanted to be taken off the list, they would take you off the list. But the manager had to do that. So anyway, I said, if you want to be taken off the list, um, I have to have a manager do it. Is that something you'd want? And he's like, no, you can just take me off the list. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't have the authority to do that, but I, I don't want to bother you. I know you're going through stuff. Let me just transfer you to him. He'll be right here. And he goes, drop dead. I was like, and then he hung up. And at the same time, I was like very sad and hurt because I'm like, I'm trying, I, 
I understand you're going through a lot and I want to help you. But I also have such compassion for him. Like he, I think, thought I was still trying to upsell him or something by being like, let me get my manager on the phone to talk some sense into you. And I think that's what he thought was happening. So anyway, after that happened, I was like, I don't. I don't like this. I don't like how this feels. There are definitely people who are so good at it and who can do it without like feeling bad, but I'm not one of those people. I'm definitely far too sensitive for that. So at a certain point, uh, I quit. Anyway, that was my 500 hour <laughs> answer to what job I don't want. I don't want to telemarketing because it would be that kind of feeling, but without the, uh, well, at least I'm raising money for my school element. It would just be people who hate you and hang up on you and yell at you and like yeah woof that guy was just going through it you called him on a bad time jeez yeah and of course like i i wanted nothing more than to say we will never bother you again but i wasn't i couldn't you know i didn't have the I couldn't hit the code to like take him off the list. Ugh, Look, stuff. Bob, I'm not trying to sell you stuff. I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> I just need my manager here to confirm that you don't want to be here and then I'll leave you. Please, Bob. Exactly. That's word for word what I said, but Bob Bob was not happy. I understand. It's very shitty to have to go through something like that. Shout out, Bob. This is for you, buddy. Hope you're doing better today. Do you want to donate? No, I'm just kidding. Don't. <gasps> I had to try one more. I had to try one more just in case for you, you know? You never know. You'd still be up for it. <laughs> you froze for a second there, so I thought you were just flabbergasted by what I just said. You were just like... <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. I was shocked. Uh, all right, dig it. Well, final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say as you enter the pearly gates? I would want God to say, everybody's here. Because I, if there is an afterlife, I'm very excited by the prospect of reconnecting with certain people. Mm. Beautiful. All right. Just got email. <laughs> Tears in my eyes. No, no, that's beautiful. I, uh, yeah, I'd like to see my dad again. I didn't want to ask when he passed away, but I was going to, I was wondering, you know, like when you brought him up and see, that's why you don't like whistling. He's still with you. He's like, doesn't whistling <laughs> suck, Lana? I told you it sucks. He's haunting <laughs> me that in one specific way. Um, <laughs> he passed in 2010. Mm. It's been a while, but, you know, when it's your parent, like that pain never, never goes away. It just gets easier to live with. No, yeah, I heard, uh, yeah, with grief, a couple of things I heard about it. One, grief is all that love we have for that person that we lost. We still have that love, but they're gone. And now we grieve. Right. Yeah, we can't express it and we can't receive it back. No. And at the same time, it's it's not a pain that will go away. But like I heard this, too. It's like it's just a pain that gets familiar. You get familiar with it. Mm -hmm. ah. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you for sharing with that. Thank you so much. Dig that vulnerability. 
Very safe space here. Safe space. And now that we got to the end of the podcast, uh, now it's, uh, you have so much going on. So please, this is your chance to just take the floor and just, what, what's, what do you got going on, Lana? Where can people see you? Where can they check out what's, what, what you're on? Any holiday movies to go check out? <laughs> please. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I don't know when this will be coming out, but if it's before Christmas, um, then a Christmas movie, Christmas, which I did back in 2019 is back out again. It's on Hulu right now. I think it's also, you can rent it on like Amazon and, um, it's on Hallmark movies now as well. I believe, um, it's on up TV, um, I don't know when it airs next, but at some point, um, that, that was, um, a movie that I shot in 2019 in Michigan, in the snow, and it was magical and I loved it. Um, and I love that movie. So that would be my holiday recommendation. I've done a few other holiday movies that are re-airing this year. Um, but I don't know where, <laughs> I don't know when, so that's helpful. Um, and then besides that, I've, this has been the year of voiceover for me. I've been um, working on animated series that I can't talk about at all, except to say I've been working on it for a, a year, and it will come out next year, I think toward the end of next year. Um, and it's a children's animated series. So I will spread the word on that once I'm allowed to say anything. And then the other thing that I also can't talk about, wow, this is fun, isn't it? Talk about things I can't talk about, um, is a video game that I've now been working on for close to two years and won't come out for another year and a half probably. Um, but that is, this project is my first time doing motion capture, um, which has been so fun and such a learning curve for me. It's, it's a very different skill from any other type of acting, which I thought I had at least experienced a touch of all of it. Like I got my degree in musical theater and I love doing live shows, but I've also been doing film and TV and commercials since I was a child and voiceover, um, a lot more regularly recently, but motion capture is a different beast and it's so fun. And I hope to do more and more and more of it. Um, but this video game, when it comes out, I won't tell you all about it. <laughs> and I'm excited. Um, that's it. As far as new things. Right on. Yeah. And then there's a podcast you're a part of, a, a scripted podcast you did voiceover work for, right? Oh, yeah. There are a few. Um, there's one called Last Known Position, which was a Q code podcast. Um, and that was with Gina Rodriguez as the lead. Um, it had an awesome cast. And uh, it's very exciting, very thrilling. I recommend that. It's up for some podcast awards right now. Um, I don't know a ton about that world, so I don't know what the name of the award is. But, you know, very exciting for everyone involved. Then I did a podcast called Broken Road. Um, <clears throat> which uh, I was the lead of, and that was really fun as well. I got to play this badass farmer, um, and uh, in a 
in a futuristic world. Um, I recommend that as well. And I'm about to start on a new one um, next month, I believe. So more info on that once they announce it. Fried on. Well, thank you, Lana. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Heck it's yeah. so nice to see your face. You look exactly the same, even though it's been, I don't know how many years since I've actually seen you. Yeah. Likewise. Um, likewise. <laughs> you look the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's Lana. Yes. Yeah, same as before. <laughs> <laughs> but it was wonderful to talk to you, Lana. It's good to hang out. Good to connect. Good to just hear everything you've got going on. And it's, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Lana to Steven. Say hello to Stephanie for me and um, I hope to see you in, in real life. Hopefully at a live show. I want to see Nathan too and Chad and, and the whole group and I want to see them all. Yeah. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Alright, Pokemon. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. We made it to the end. Yo, look at that. It's the outro. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. It was a good time. I know I had fun. God, I just, I love reconnecting with old friends. Uh, I love hearing what they've got going on. It's cool to, it's, I don't know about y'all, but like, I like surrounding myself with people who I can feel inspired by. And I hope, you know, I can give back a little bit of that, of that flicker of light and inspiration back, you know, because uh, it's, 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 it's uplifting. I don't know about y'all. It's uplifting for me with all these things going on in the world. And I know we brought up some dark stuff like the passing of Twitch and JDF. So again, if you need help of any kind, dial 988. Okay. I know this can, it can be really, really scary out there. Um, uh, and if you're, if, if this is going to be coming out before Christmas. Yeah. Checking with the producers. Yeah. It'll be coming out before Christmas. So don't forget to check out uh, uh, Lana's latest Christmas movie. Well, not latest, 2019. But you can watch it right now. Go check that out. Check out Lana's Instagram to find uh, all the information and how you can find her and uh, where you can listen to her voice. You can watch her on screen, watch her on stage. Uh, and then I'll Google Stephen Brogan Cortez. Go Google that. Go to my link tree. Have fun there. Go see what's there. Always more content being uploaded. Uh, oh, yeah. And most importantly, let's not forget that you are enough. You are more than enough. It's incredible how enough you are. Okay. Bye. I'm gone. I'm leaving. Oh, it's done in the look like Christmas. Everywhere you go. Bobby did a boo debut. Boo 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 boo